Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Michelle, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Tiseco Mine Second Quarter Earnings and Production Results Conference Call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, Please press star, then the number two. Thank you. Tosiko, you may begin your conference. Thank you, Michelle. This is Brian Burgo, and welcome everyone, and thank you for joining Tosiko's second quarter 2021 conference call. The news release announcing our financial and operational results was issued yesterday after market close and is available on our website at tosikominds.com. With me on the call today is Tosiko's president and CEO, Stuart McDonald. Tosico's Chief Financial Officer, Bryce Hamming, and our Senior VP of Operations, Richard Tremblay. As usual, before we get into opening remarks by management, I would like to remind our listeners that our comments and answers to your questions will contain forward-looking information. This information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties that may cause the stated outcome to differ materially from the actual outcome. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, I encourage you to read the cautionary note that accompanies our second quarter MD&A and the related news release, as well as the risk factors particular to our company. I would also like to point out that we will use various non-GAAP measures during the call. You can find explanations and reconciliations regarding these measures in the related news release. After opening remarks, we will open the phone lines to analysts and investors for a question and answer session. I'll now turn the call over to Stuart for his remarks. Okay, thank you, Brian, and good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks to you all for joining our second quarter earnings call and, and webcast. Um, yeah, it does feel a bit odd to not be following Russ's remarks today, uh, but I'm very excited to be uh, in the expanded role and certainly committed to filling the void left by his retirement in June. Um, I'm fortunate to have worked with Russ over the last eight years and we've worked particularly closely in the last two years since I became president to ensure that we have a seamless transition here. Um, also today wanted to welcome Richard Tremblay, who's been promoted to the role of Senior Vice President Operations. I'll let him introduce himself in a minute, um, but he's certainly not new to Tosico, having been with the company now for seven years, um, including five years as General Manager of our Gibraltar mine. And for the last two years, he's also been responsible for all aspects of our project pipeline, including the Florence project. So uh, we fully expect a seamless transition um, on the operations side of the business as well. Turning to the second quarter now, and it was a, another strong quarter for copper prices, uh, with the LME price averaging $4.40 per pound. And in recent weeks, the price has pulled back slightly uh, to the 430 range, but that's still a very attractive price for miners. The last time copper was above $4 was back in 2011, and we appear to be in a very different environment this time around. It's more than just a China story now. Uh, we, know we have a global economic recovery underway, 
with huge stimulus spending and new demand coming from electrification and the transition to green economies. So we're now seeing a growing realization in the market and among metals analysts that copper prices are going to average above $4 for the next few years. And I personally think that's where they need to, to remain in order to incentivize miners to build the capacity that we need to meet demand over the next decade. As we've talked about in the past, developing a new copper mine of scale is a risky endeavor and many of the required projects are in challenging jurisdictions with political, environmental and social risks at the forefront. And even now in Chile and Peru, the top two producing countries, we see risks of delayed investment decisions because of political and tax uncertainty. So with our portfolio of copper projects located in Canada and the United States, we believe we're, in, we believe we're very well positioned uh, for the future. Our second quarter operating performance at Gibraltar was generally in line with our expectations. We had seen two lower production quarters in a row and as communicated to the market, we expected to see an increase in grade in Q2. The higher grade ore was accessed in the latter part of the quarter, and along with steady throughput and copper recoveries, the mine produced 27 million pounds of copper. That's a 20% increase over the prior quarter. And the improved production drove significantly higher financial performance in the quarter. Adjusted EBITDA of 48 million was a 100% increase over Q1, and almost half of what we generated all of last year. Earnings for mining operations of 54 million was up 80% over the prior quarter, and we also had 72 million of cash flow from operations. But the improved results in Q2 are just the beginning, as we expect even higher grades for the balance of 2021, as we get deeper into the Pollyanna pit and also begin to mine initial ore from the new Gibraltar pit. We're expecting copper production in the second half to be at least 40% higher than the first half and that will lead to lower unit costs, improved cash flows and earnings over the rest of this year. Because of the slower start to 2021, it looks like total copper production for the year will come in around 120 million pounds, which is within the typical plus or minus 5% of, of guidance range that we get. Some of you may be aware of the wildfire situation in BC right now this summer. Um, to date, we haven't seen any fire activity near our Gibraltar mine although some of the fires to the south of us have disrupted rail service and the flow of our concentrate by rail to port in Vancouver was temporarily interrupted. But traffic is moving again and we've been able to add trucking capacity to offset the lost rail time. So at this point, we don't see any significant impact on our Q3 sales volumes. Looking ahead, we're planning an exploration drill program at Gibraltar to follow up on some interesting anomalies that were identified in a recent geophysical survey. So, you, so expect to hear more on that in the coming months. We currently have 17 years of reserve life remaining and we expect to be able to add to that with additional drilling. We also have a number of exciting productivity and technology initiatives underway at the mine and Richard can talk more about those in a minute. At Florence, we're continuing to advance detailed engineering and that work has progressed to the point now where we're ready to order key components for the SXEW plant. We're planning to do that in the coming days and expect related capex of roughly 20 million US over the remainder of this year. By making financial commitments now, we can ensure that these long lead time items don't impact our construction schedule later on, and we can maintain early 2023 for our first copper production. 
On the permitting front, the EPA has indicated that they expect to issue the draft UIC permit next month. Later than we would have liked, but the important point here is that there are no issues arising as the agency completes its final internal reviews. That announcement will be an important milestone for the project and we look forward to the commencement of the public comment period in the coming weeks. And uh, as a final note, uh, we recently announced the sale of our Harmony Gold project. Many of you may not be aware of this project as Tosico hasn't done any substantial work on it in a, in a number of years. In our view, it's a project with lots of potential. A three million ounce gold deposit located on the main island of Haida Gwaii off the west coast of British Columbia. But we expect Florence and Yellowhead will be keeping us busy for the foreseeable future and we felt the sale of Harmony was the best way to realize value from a non-core asset at this time. JDS Energy and Mining is a well-respected mine developer with a solid track record in Western Canada. They'll be the new operator and will take the project forward in a new company, JDS Gold, and will participate in their success through a 15% equity interest in the company, and that's a carried interest uh, through to IPO, and we'll also keep a 2% NSR royalty on the project, which could also become a valuable asset for us as the project is de-risked. So we see this as a potential win for Tosico shareholders and we'll continue to look for other ways to create value uh, from our pipeline of projects. With that, I'll turn the call over to Richard for an introduction and a few additional comments on uh, Gibraltar. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, good morning, everyone. To start uh, with some additional background on myself, I came to Gibraltar from Coal Spur, a junior thermal coal company looking to permit, build, and operate a thermal coal mine southeast of Hinton, Alberta. As Vice President of Operations there, I was responsible for all operations and permitting activities associated with the project. Prior to Coal Spur, I worked in the Elk Valley for 20 years with Tech Coal and associated precursor companies, Elk Valley Coal and Fording Coal. During that time, I was general manager of the Fording River operation for six years and Line Creek operation for two years. And prior to that, I worked for Naranda Falconbridge at the Kid Creek operation and Metagamy operation back east. My background is in processing, and over the course of my career, I've developed strong open pit operational and engineering knowledge. Shifting to the operating results for the second quarter, as Stuart mentioned, we are pleased with the performance of Gibraltar. Overall, the mine performed to plan during the quarter, and as expected, grade improved as well as copper recoveries. In the mine, we continue to see equipment productivities at or above planned levels as we optimize and improve our fleet management system performance. Copper feed grade improved through the quarter as mining in Pollyanna progressed to deeper benches and the higher grade ore resulted in higher copper recoveries. So between grade and recoveries, production increased by 20% over the first quarter. Now, as Stuart highlighted, I would like to touch on a couple of business improvement initiatives underway at Gibraltar, which we believe have the potential to improve performance and efficiencies in the mine and mill. For the past couple of quarters in the mine, we have been evaluating the mine sense system, which analyzes ore grade real time while mining, thereby allowing us to maximize ore recovery and minimize dilution. To explain in more detail, the system, which uses X-ray fluorescence tubes mounted on the shovel bucket, estimates a grade of material in the bucket, ensuring only ore is sent to the mill. We are quite excited about the increased capability the system provides to selectively mine in transition zones and appropriately categorize ore from waste and vice versa. In the mill, our operations team continued working with McKinsey on trialing their Optimus AI solution. This proprietary system leverages artificial intelligence to optimize plant operations, 
and enable our operating teams to make better timely decisions. This project is entering the proof of concept phase uh, this quarter. In closing, as Stuart mentioned, we are also undertaking exploration work at Gibraltar this summer. We have recently completed a deep induced polarization study which identified a number of interesting targets. The plan is to drill some of these targets later this summer and into the fall. With that, I will now pass things over to Bryce. Thanks, Richard, and good morning, everyone. Uh, for the second quarter, we reported significantly improved financials from Q1. Earnings from mine operations before depreciation was 54 million, an 80% increase over the first quarter, and adjusted EBITDA was 48 million, a 100% increase over the prior quarter. The increased average copper price in the second quarter, along with Gibraltar's higher production, were the main drivers to our improved financials. Additionally, the higher copper pricing trends provided 3 million of positive provisional price adjustments, resulting in a realized copper price of 448 per pound for the quarter. Copper sales for the quarter were 27 million pounds, resulting in 100 million of revenue. Sales were in line with production, so copper and inventory remained relatively flat at 3.5 million pounds. In increased production in the quarter resulted in C1 total operating costs declining to $2.02 per pound. Costs per pound were lower than Q1, despite lower capitalized stripping of $15 million. Decreased mining and stripping rates contributed to the lower cap strip, as shorter hauling di distances were more of a factor in the first quarter. These stripping rates and quarterly dollar amounts for capitalized stripping should continue for the balance of the year. We achieved a very strong offsite cost per pound in the quarter of $0.25, cents, which was attributed to some great concentrate tender results we had for Gibraltar Concentrate earlier this year and the low TCRCs we achieved in awarding those contracts. Gibraltar Concentrate is sought after and is a, a great example of how we keep inflationary cost pressures in check at, at Gibraltar. We also extended our long-term offtake contract in the quarter for about half of Gibraltar's production starting in 2022 for up to five years, achieving a discount ranging between 40 to 50% off of the TCRC benchmark. This should help control off-site cost inflation pressures in the future. Cash flow from operations was $73 million, a large jump from the previous quarter due to the higher copper price, sales and also from a $24 million working capital adjustment due to the timing of shipment from the previous quarter. That working capital adjustment is reflected in the reduction in accounts receivable at June 30th. Gap net income for the quarter was $13 million or $0.05 cents per share. After adjusting for the unrealized foreign exchange gain on our, our U.S. dollar denominated debt, our adjusted net income was $10 million or $0.04, four cents a share. As far as investing activities in the quarter, CapEx at Gibraltar was $8 million, higher than the previous quarter due to our scheduled fleet and shovel maintenance. Florence CapEx was $6 million, similar to our spend in Q1, which also includes the detailed engineering for the commercial facility, uh, which is now 60% complete. We should see an increase in Florence spending in the coming quarters as we begin to secure contracts and lead, long lead times for the SXEW plant and make some initial deposits, as uh, Stuart just uh, spoke about. We also invested a further $5 million for copper price collars we put in place for the first half of 2022. Uh, we did this near the, the top of the market there in May. We now have most of the production for the next year secured at a minimum price of $3.75 per pound for the balance of 2021 and $4 per pound for the first half of 2022. 
We will continue to look for hedging opportunities in the coming months for H2, 2022 and beyond to support our capital program at Florence, which is picking up momentum. With the higher copper grade in production in the back half of the year and the continued strong copper pricing environment we're seeing, we do expect robust financial performance to round out a remarkable 2021 for the company. With our cash balance of $226 million, Florence Copper should now be substantially funded if these current copper prices in the low to mid $4 range prevail or, or increase further. If any residual funding is needed, we still have all the options available that we've spoken about on, on all these calls over the last quarters. Flexibility to various financing options is key in this market to ensure we unlock the maximum value for our shareholders on Florence and our other development assets. I'll now turn it back to the operator for any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the number one on your touch tone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star followed by the number two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Your first question comes from Ed Broker from Barclays. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for taking the question today. Um, so, you know, the timeline for the EPA has been pushed back. Obviously, it's been uh, kind of topical and top of mind. But I was wondering if this pushed back the timeline of commercial production for Florence versus what you said kind of during the deal in January and February. And then can you give us your confidence that the EPA won't push it back again? Sure. Yeah. Hi, Ed. It's Stuart speaking here. Yeah, certainly the, the EPA um, schedule, I would say, has moved uh, more slowly than we than we would have liked, for sure. Um, you know, but but as indicated in my my comments there, uh, we really don't see any any issues coming up, um, and we remain highly confident that the uh, permit's going to be issued. So we see now uh, the EPA in their final reviews um, of that document and expecting to see that in the next uh, few weeks, likely in September. So that's, that's our, um, you know, that's, that's our view. Um, that's what the EPA is telling us. And uh, yeah, we're, we remain pretty confident in that schedule now. So as we get closer, I think <laughs> to that date, our confidence obviously in, in, in increases. I think what yeah, that, that and then, sense. sorry, you touched on the, on the rest of the schedule. I mean, heading out to commercial production, you know, I think early 2023 is still um, very, uh, very achievable. We have some, obviously, some, you know, a construction schedule, roughly, roughly an 18-month construction schedule to to fit in there. And we're we're doing with with some of the procurement that we're doing um, right now. We're we're ensuring we protect that schedule. So um, early 2023 is still is still a target. Yeah, that's uh, that's very helpful. And then. Um, you know, it's been in the news uh, this morning, but Biden uh, put out kind of an EV mandate, uh, electrical, electric vehicle mandate, that half the cars could be electric by, or I guess clean by 2030. 
uh, versus what it looks like it's, it's about low single digits now. So is there – probably not, but how would you quantify the demand for copper, I guess, in general or more broadly? And then more specifically, how do you, how do you look at that versus, uh, you know, versus Tosico over time? I mean, yeah, we're we're excited about the market. Um, excited about the demand growth. The new the new sources of demand are are, are great for copper miners, um, and particularly in the U.S., like we're seeing, even in the last couple of weeks, evidence of you know real real shortages of of copper uh, domestically there in the U.S. I think we saw a thirteen percent or sorry a thirteen cent. Uh, COMEX premium over LME within the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, there's clearly demand for copper in the U.S., and and our Florence project is going to fit perfectly um, into that market with you know a major new supply of of refined copper in the Southwest. So yeah, we're we're excited about that growth, and we think our story fits very well into it. Got it. My last one, um, I just want to know, uh, get a refresh on the timing of Yellowhead uh, and then thoughts around financing the $1.3 billion of capital cost there. Yeah, Yellowhead, uh, we've got some work to do still on the permitting. Um, you know, we've got probably two, two to three years of permitting work before we have um, a construction decision there. Um, it is you know, is work we can advance at a relatively low cost over the next year or so. We don't have major expenditures planned. Um, but yeah, as we get out to a construction decision in, in two or three years, it's it's a billion dollars U.S. of CapEx, give or take. Um, would obviously a big, be a bigger, you know, much bigger bite for, for Tosico. But hey, with, you know, when we have the two mines uh, running, we're, we think we're going to be a different company in terms of EBITDA and cash flow generation with Florence and Gibraltar and uh, with a, you know, potentially with a JV partner at Florence, we think it's something that we could take on uh, potentially down the road. So we'll see how it goes, um, but it's definitely, you know, a good, a good growth option that we have going forward. That's perfect. Uh, congratulations and thanks. Great, thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press the star followed by the number one on your touchtone phone. Your next question comes from Craig Hutchinson from TD Securities. Guys, um, can you provide some additional color in terms of the capital spend you guys are looking to spend here at Gibraltar over the back half of this year? It seems to be trending above certainly my expectations for the first two quarters. Um, you know, if you can provide, make it break it down by you know, sustaining capex and then um, deferred stripping, that'd be helpful. Yeah, I think I think cap, capital strip. This is definitely um, a higher capital strip year. Um, I think we we did 15 million in the second quarter, and I think that's probably a reasonable number um, to see continuing in the second half. So the second half, the stripping activity will shift more towards the Gibraltar pit. But something in the range of what you saw in Q2 is reasonable to expect going forward for cap strip. And then, and then on the sustaining capex, I think probably the first half of the year was a little higher than normal. We the big the activity we saw there was was in uh, some of the prep work that we had to do to set up the Gibraltar pit and the uh, the dewatering and a pumping system that we had to put in there. 
that's behind us, so I would expect the cap uh, on the sustaining capex to kind of revert back to more uh, run rates in the second half. So that's uh, that's okay. helpful. And just in terms of the, the million rates at Gibraltar, they seem to be trending a little bit below design. Is that, is that a function of just a higher strip and you guys are more matching your, your mining rates, or was there something particular in the, sort of the first half in terms of your, your overall mill throughputs? Uh, no mill throughput in the first half. Uh, we did encounter uh, harder to mill ore coming out of Pollyanna, and uh, we took operating. Uh, we adjusted some operating variables to essentially improve the milling performance, and we saw that occur. We saw that kind of come into effect at the latter part of the second quarter here, and uh, don't expect any issues uh, for the remainder of the year. So, really looking for the mill to perform as per design for the second half of the year. Okay. And maybe one last question from you guys. Um, are, are you guys now that you're 60% done the you know the detailed? Engineering for foreign. So, are you starting to see any inflation pressures in terms of cost? Um, yeah, we've, it's a good question. I mean, it's certainly topical. We we've done a a pretty recent review of the of the capex, at least on the plant infrastructure side, and it looks uh, you know it looks it looks pretty good. We're not seeing um, any inflation there at this point, and and you know the the number of two thirty million that we've put out publicly, I think is still a reasonable estimate. Um, but, you know, as, as we get further along here in the fall, we will be um, going out for proposal on some of the big contracts, the drilling contractor, the GC general contractor work, and, you know, we'll, we will probably uh, be able to refine our estimates later in the year. But at this point, um, yeah, we're not, not seeing uh, not seeing any any changes to our previous estimates. Okay, great. Thank you, guys. Yeah. If there are no further questions at this time, I will turn it back now to Brian Burgoo. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great summer, and uh, we'll talk to you again in the fall. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.